Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 35 of the Switch a Bit podcast. My name is Alex Harding. I'll be your host. And joining me today, as always, is my co-host, Nathan Rudge. I mean, except for that one week. Except for that one week. Yeah, yeah, that was strange, you not being on an episode. Like, that was your first one you've ever missed. Yes, it was. Ah, oh, very sad. Um, but it's good to have you back. Always, as well, uh, we got our cynical guy, Jake Mouncy. Hi, my mouth doesn't hurt this time. Yay! <laughs> And very excitingly, we have a special guest. We have Josh from Nintendovania. Hello, how you going? Hello. Yeah, good. Good, thanks. Yourself? I'm very well. Thank you for having me. Uh, I've only done a couple of these guesting roles, and uh, this is this is good fun. So I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, it's, it's great to have you on. We were saying before we should have more guests on, but um, I was on your podcast a couple of weeks ago as well. So everyone, definitely check that one out. Cross so it's Nintendo. Exactly. <laughs> That's how you do it. Uh, so Nintendovania. Um, check them out. They're on, you're on um, like Google Podcasts and iTunes and everything. Yeah, wherever RSS wants me to be, I will be. So, um, yeah, on all the main stuff. Awesome. So, yeah, for any for anyone, I mean, obviously, if you're listening to this, you'd like Nintendo and podcasts, so definitely check out Nintendovania. But let's jump into everything. We've got a we've got a bit of a news. Um, oh, it's it's kind of half half. I think I feel like it's leading up to like that E three season, even though E three is not going ahead. But it's kind of leading up to that. So news is a bit scarce, but we'll jump into it anyways. But first off, obviously we've got what you've been playing. Um, Josh, you're our guest. Why don't you start us off? What you've been playing? Oh, thank you. Um, I have been getting back into Metro Dread, and so I I finished it like normally when it came out last year. And then um, they did the um, update last month, which was to like adding a whole bunch of like boss rush modes to the game. Oh, and yeah. So, I yeah. So I had a, a mate over, uh, Adrian, um, last episode, and he's a big Metroid fan as well. And we did this whole like, I felt like I was in high school again. Because <laughs> like my mate comes over and we just like played this boss rush mode of Metroid Dread. And we just kept passing the controller back to each other after we did a, a round or two. And it was just really good fun. That's and cool. And so, yeah, so it was like boss rush mode. So that's like you've got to beat all 12 of the Metroid bosses in the game in a row. And so mm-hmm. um, if you die, um, penalty time gets added to your score. And so the aim is just to get it done as fast as possible. And so it had been like, I reckon, four months since I'd last played it. And just getting back into the game, you're just like, whoa, like you're just rusty as you're not like familiar with the controls and it took us i reckon 90 minutes just to beat the 12 bosses and they're meant to be pretty quick i've seen um speed runs of people finishing that mode in like under five minutes and so Jeez. um we're a bit slow at first but it's just been like these last two weeks i've just like nah i'm really like going to get better at this i'm going to get my time down and i got it to i think uh 25 minutes the other day so um, I'm definitely no uh, expert or speedrunner when it comes to Metroid, but um, it was just that like constant improvement, getting those couple of minutes off the time that just made it like uh, you just you get addicted to the gameplay and, and getting really good at it. So because that's all Metroid is with the boss battles, it's just pattern recognition, going yeah. through the motion and uh, getting it uh, defeated. So um, I did that and then I finished the game on hard mode because I, I got like stuck. I reckon on like 
I don't know if you guys have played it, but there's like one of the second to last main bosses. It's Z57. Oh, uh, yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. I always died with the waves. So mm-hmm. they do like a, a right to left um, plasma looking wave and you've got to jump at certain times um, at, in, while you're in your screw attack trying to uh, dodge the beams. And I, I just kept dying. I couldn't get it right. Um, but just with this boss rush mode I was doing, just like I, I got so good at beating all the bosses. And so I got back into the hard mode and just smashed it straight away and beat the game. And it was like, oh, wow, that's easy now. <laughs> and <laughs> Made then it it's like, yeah, it did. And so I thought, um, oh, what's the next mode? And it's like a uh, dread mode, which is one hit and you're dead. And I yeah. thought, um, oh, fine. I'm not that good. Yeah, no. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> that's I saw that in the trailer. Like, no, thanks. Yeah, straight away. <laughs> <laughs> so like yep i think um i finished hard mode i'm pretty happy for now um i might do uh i'll keep doing boss rush mode to get better at that and then maybe survival rush which is about like you've got five minutes to defeat as many bosses as possible so it's a bit of a different spin to it but i think i'm done after that so that's a yeah, very so that was great fun that's Just a very good it. effort though like 25 oh, minutes <laughs> it was oh, which one um, the 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 end boss is hard because you got to um, don't know if you guys played it, but you got to do certain things to get the the quick time events to appear. Yeah, and I, so, I played it. I remember that. Yeah, without trying to spoil who it is for those who haven't, it's um, it, it can take a lot of time if you don't do it right. And so I was just trying to get that right, and then it it just like once you get it all sorted and what to do, it 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 is easy. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, because you just yeah you just go through the motion of it all. So, um, just just reawakened my love for Metroidvanias, I suppose, as a genre. So, I've had a good couple of weeks just playing old stuff, but that that's the main stuff, really. Metroid Dread. Awesome. Um, when we were when we were talking a couple of weeks ago, you said you're also going to get into Xenoblade or Xenoblade Two. Yes. That go? I, <laughs> I I got very frustrated at it the other night because um, I think it's just early in the game. I've got to defeat three. Um, level nine gorilla creatures, and I just kept dying. And it was just, I don't know if I'm not doing something correctly. I I tried to upgrade some of my weapons and um, refine some core elements. I can't remember what they're called, but I reckon it was me trying to grind for an hour just to defeat them, and that put me off of it. I reckon. So I I will persevere, and no, I've just got to grind a bit more to defeat this section I'm at. But it feels like I'm missing something, like. It shouldn't be this hard for me this early on. So, um, Xenoblade games are very much uh, they they are repeat offenders of that. Like mm. you can like if you're if you're not upgrading every possible thing, like and if you're missing something, then yeah, you will find some battles like ridiculously and weirdly hard, weirdly difficult. Um, honestly, just look up a guide would be your best yeah. bet. Honestly, or like a um like a top tips article or something because there's no when it comes to xenoblade games well when it comes to any game really but xenoblade games specifically there's no shame in it whatsoever because like there is it's there's usually a ton of tutorial dialogue and you just like i just want to get through it and get through it and then there'll be like one page where it's like you know crucially important hmm. yeah and then you miss it and then you, you feel it later like what's going on what's yeah. the missing piece so yeah, there's a lot of complexity there. So, I yeah, I do need to yeah watch a YouTube video guide or read something just to work out what I need to do. So, I, I will get there. I'll persevere. <laughs> I've got like two months till uh, three comes out. So, I've got time. 
I'll, not I'll, enough time. I'll, no. Probably not. <laughs> I'll keep checking in though. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> keep me accountable. I gotta I gotta get my like decently through it. That's my yeah. before three comes out. Um Jake, what have you been playing? Uh oh I've I haven't really been able to play a lot because of uh uh tooth pain that I've had to deal with the past yeah. couple of weeks. So uh those of you who might be coming over here from uh in Tanvania. Uh last week I only barely managed to make last week's not last week's our uh, last podcast episode because uh the night before I just got a random tooth pain and it was starting to die down, but like immediately after that podcast it spiked back up again. Oh, it was awful. Mm. And I I had to deal with that for a week and a half before the pain eventually went away. And I I had to get my molar removed. Oh, it was awful. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the uh, I think you've been up with the news on it. Yeah, the nerve in the tooth died. That's uh, oh, that's what happened. Yeah, fun, no. fun. Anyway, so yeah, so brush your teeth, I, I guys. Didn't really, yeah, yeah. Brush your teeth. Don't be like me and forget <laughs> about it every day. Brush your teeth. Yeah, good advice. So yeah, uh, outside of you know my staples that I've been you know playing the past couple of. Uh, episodes uh i'll get into them later but uh, i did play something new uh on steam at the moment like uh it's about to finish but they currently have a sale on racing games oh so, you'll be eating that up <laughs> so yeah of course being the uh resident uh kart racer in the team of course i checked that out uh one really stood out it's called uh, hex rally races it's actually free to play uh, I found uh, very interesting because, like, its whole thing is like it's not cars. You're like witches flying on brooms, racing around like fantasy settings and stuff. So it looked really fun, and uh, it it has some good ideas, but overall, its gameplay is pretty shallow. Unfortunately, mm. it's like it, its main its main thing is um, each. Uh, each broom that you can choose has like an element tied to it and each item that you can get also has an element tied to it so you mix the elements together to get like a unique item that you can use on the track hmm. so like um like a fire element item and like an earth element broom can use a boost but the fire element broom get uh can get the earth element item and also have access to that boost. So yeah, okay. like each yeah each uh each broom has like its own unique build kind of. So like that that was uh that was an interesting idea and like each broom also has its own stats. But why would you use any of them except the yellow one, which has nearly maxed out stats and all of its items are based around disorienting other players. So it seems super imbalanced, <laughs> which is a real shame. And then, uh, then I actually got into like the game itself. Uh, only has six tracks, which is a shame, but it is free to play. So I kind of expected it to be a bit short. Uh, but it's also a racing game that's really slow, which is a that's real not- shame. That is the last thing you want from a racing game. <laughs> for yeah. it to be slow yeah. like that like it's so slow that like the game heavily emphasizes oh use the drift button and you 
do things and stuff to get around tight turns. I never drifted once. I didn't need to. The game is that slow. Yeah, I yeah. like with with Marika. I can't not play on 150 or 200 TC now. Yeah, yeah. Like there's there's no like difficulty option or like speed options or I. Yeah, it is a shame the uh, the game kind of turned out as it did, but uh, you know. Like like I said, it's it's free to play, so there wasn't like a lot of expectations, but like art wise its uh environments are actually really good. Yeah, I'm looking at it now, it does look quite nice. Yeah, it's it's uh but, it, it is just kind of a kind of a shame that like mechanically it's kinda of, you know the yeah, depth I, of a puddle. I just watched the trail well, I'm watching the trailer now and yeah, it's super slow. Yeah. I mean, it might be good for beginners. Yeah, yeah. Potentially. And maybe yeah. they can add, like, a faster mode in the future. Mm, yeah. But, but like, if... yeah, like, like I said, it has some really good ideas. So, like, hopefully, you know, more stuff gets added to it. But, you know, it might already just be done. Dead on water. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it might just be done, just thrown out there. That's it. Yeah. Bring a... Bring a version of it to switch and add a harder mode i reckon that could do very well that that would probably do really well yeah yeah anyway so back to my staples so i've been playing more halo infinite uh-huh. uh that uh that obnoxious new mode is not forced upon you anymore there thank god because <laughs> <laughs> uh that was for like a mini event that will show up once every couple of weeks now like the main event of the uh, new season has shown up, which is the uh, Fractured Entrenched uh, uh, event. So yeah. like each, se- yeah, each season has what is called a Fractured event, which is basically, hey, here's, uh, here's a interesting new mode that will unlock uh, non-canon uh, armor customizations. Huh. Like first season, you got all like samurai armor. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah, well, this. Uh, this season has all like steampunk stuff. And, like, actual proper steampunk, not the fake steampunk that is just, like, hey, I'm wearing leather and glued pocket watches to myself. Nah. <laughs> God, I hate that. So, yeah, and, like, it's... Uh, the new mode is actually uh, pretty fun. It's it's a variation on, like, King of the Hill. So, basically, it's, like, first team to get, like, 11 uh, zone captures wins. It's... It's very basic, and because of that, it's able to, you know, kind of cross-pollinate to other, like, more generic um, uh, challenges that you can, uh, weekly challenges that you can get, so battle pass progression is super quick. So, like, thank goodness for that. We're not dealing with a, uh, with a game mode that is broken and doesn't give you rewards. I mean... Yeah, I remember they were having issues with that. I, I literally yeah. thought of uh, King of the Hill, the show, when you said King of the Hill. I, <laughs> yeah. I nearly started humming the theme song <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah but yeah uh, other than that not much has changed but yeah <laughs> anyway but yeah, that... <laughs> it's okay dad <laughs> but yeah uh anyway the the main thing i've been playing like always final fantasy 14 so uh last episode i talked about uh i made like an alt character to kind of ease myself into playing uh healers since i've been playing mmos for 10 years but never touched a healer once 
and uh because uh because i've been gone for so long with this tooth pain i ended up playing that alt so much that i have more time on that alt than my actual main <laughs> so that has become my main now <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. yeah i saw the update that you posted and it was like he's been playing this a lot <laughs> yeah yeah i uh i posted like my progress up on uh my personal discord and at that point i had every class that i could get up to level 50 <laughs> so that was mm. uh, that was a lot at the moment they're all level like it, they're in between like 56 and 58 just depending so i'm getting really close to 60 which unlocks uh both dancer and gunbreaker can't wait for that because nah. i i mentioned i play dancer as my main so hey also gunbreaker is cool because that is just you know final fantasy squall like the gunblade class oh yeah yeah wasn't expecting that to be a tank <laughs> that was that was interesting to find out that sounds that, like yeah, a dps fun. class from the weapon but yeah tank yeah is... well my, my friends that you know me and bruno hang out with they play Final Fantasy fourteen, and they describe the class as three DPSs in a trench coat <laughs> pretending to be a tank. <laughs> so apparently it's a tank that does a lot of damage. Oh. So. So. I love that description. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking, like, now that I've like actually gotten a bit of help from those guys, because they taught me that I can actually add more hotbars to the screen instead of, like, the default two that the game has when you're uh playing on uh console yeah like you can actually move that to six huh. that is made yeah that is actually made uh playing a lot of the classes i didn't like much easier like red mage because red mage has so much going on since it's since red mage's uh you know kind of whole fantasy thing was like it's a do everything job it can it does uh, melee stuff, it does range stuff, it does magic. Yeah, black magic, white magic. So how they've made that is, uh, like, you have your single target magic, you have your AoE magic, you have your single target, uh, yeah, single target melee and your uh, AoE melee. So I have all of them hooked up to a separate hotbar each now, and it's much smoother than it was before. So I can actually play it now. It doesn't feel like a mess. That's a good way to do it, honestly. Yeah, yeah. It is, it is a really weird class to play at first because like, its whole thing is like, you got to balance out uh, how much white magic energy and black magic energy you get at a time. If one gets way too high than the other, then building up the lesser one takes longer. And once you fill it out, you do your melee attacks. Yeah, you jump into the fray, do your melee attacks, and they do a massive amount of damage. And then once you run out, you hop back out and start spamming spells again huh so yeah it's so yeah that is a that is a thing but yeah i am i i now know how to play healer <laughs> so that is a thing it is no way near as difficult as i always assumed it was i've just had i've just played mmos with a lot of bad healers i was just saying you've also been conditioned by uh people being rude on um, um wow Oh, oh, yeah, because uh, yeah, because I came from World of Warcraft. That's uh, the <laughs> people are so toxic in Warcraft. Holy crap! 
<laughs> so bad so jumping into yeah final fantasy where everyone is actually nice and want to play the game because the game is fun it's a really weird disconnect yeah josh do you remember when i said that these guys like rpgs oh yeah <laughs> yeah i'm trying i'm trying my absolute hardest to speed things up because i know this is going to be a long one because we have josh so yeah <laughs> no i i i've heard a lot about final fantasy 14 and i know i would love it if i started playing it and then that's the thing like i don't want to start in case you, i get you to lose that like, a, a year like, off your mm-hmm. life yeah yeah it's like saudi valley as well like my partner always tells me you would love this and i know i would but it's like i don't want to be the one playing this at 3 at 3 a.m in the morning and <laughs> that's my it, it only has, game kind Stardew of thing valley has the cycle of you finish a day and you want to just like you know see what happens in the next day and then you just keep playing yeah yeah um th- that's literally what my partner and i did like three months like for the last three months or so and we were up till 3 a.m playing and I wasn't even the one, like, uh, like for the most part, because, you know, I'm doing this and everything. So I'm just like, oh, I'm so tired. And then she's like, study Valley? Like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Who needs yeah. sleep anyway? Yeah. And then towards the end, she's like, oh, okay, I'm tired to go to sleep. I'm like, nah, we got another day. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> you just ruined one more. this. You dragged me one in this. I'm day. dragging you down. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Nathan, do you want to go next? Uh, yeah, I'll start off with my facts. Uh, my Nathan's Nintendo facts for the day. And I figured it was um, relevant to go with Mario Strikers. Yeah. Um, so, Super Mario Strikers, the GameCube one, there was an unused promotional poster which was uh, rejected because it was two soccer balls dangling from a net bag with the quote, you're going to need a pair. <laughs> So you might have seen the image as well, because like yeah. it has come out. But yes. Gee, I wonder why Nintendo didn't go with that. Remember when Nintendo advertisements used to be edgy and fun? They tried. They they yeah. tried. There was a period like N sixty four to early GameCube. Yeah. Yeah, that was like the they phrase were... before they went to the Wii. Yeah, then they went went to the whole you know back to family friendly. Yeah, because they couldn't compete in the. In the hardcore space. And then uh, in Striker's Charge, I don't know if you remember those old, like, uh, Top Trumps cards, where they're, like, they're just, like, um, pop culture cards. No. That, that, I think there is a little card game behind them, but they're basically pop culture collector cards. But they did, um, to promote the game, there was uh, cards of all the captains, excluding PD Piranha. Uh, the loading what? screen in between matches is different between the European Australian version and the rest of the world. Uh, in what ours, it's just the captain's head. In the rest of the world, it's a mugshot. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And uh, just to end it off, uh, the super was the super ability for Waluigi is called the Wall Luigi. Ah, uh, because of the wall. Yeah, because of the electric he, fence. He, he sets yeah. up a vines, a wall of vines. Damn, that took me a while to figure out. Yep. Wall Luigi. <laughs> <laughs> you are slow on puns. I am slow on puns. We, we have on. a track record of this. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> so, uh, I have played the Octopass expansion. How's that? It's pretty good. Uh, I've about a quarter of the way through, I believe. Some of those challenges are really difficult. I've yeah, heard they that. are. 
Oh boy, they are. Like yeah, but, uh, this and you have to play it almost perfectly sometimes. I've been meaning to jump back into Splatoon two, like in the lead up to the third one, but and I do have well now that I've got Nintendo Switch Online, like you know that expansion. Yes, I've got Octopass, but it's so that's how you've played it. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's like uh, I'm just I'm not that good at Splatoon though. So is it like the main like campaign kind of story stuff that you do? You got like get to what to one point to the other kind of thing. Kind is that of, how, how yeah. It is? So like it's kind of like yeah. that. There's um you know there's different tasks for each one. So like there's um popping balloons. So you have to pop X amount of balloons and they'll fly mm. off after a certain period of time. Or there's um you have to kill a certain amount of enemies. Or again like you have to go from point A to point B. Uh, there's the ones where you have to push a ball around and if it falls off you die. Right. And you have a <laughs> limited amount of like tries on each level because um, you pay points to get into each level. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like if you, you know, burn through all your points you have to then go back to the easier levels to build them back up. Is it worth it for its story content? I don't know yet because the the story's a bit I think progressive as you go like I haven't gotten much it's very it's very vague. Okay. I'm only, like I said I'm only like about lore? a quarter yeah I think there is lore. I'm only about a quarter way through. Mm. Like the character you play is an Octoling which was in fight with um Agent 3 your the player character from the first game. Yeah. And I know the game like the Octopus expansion's final boss is Agent 3. And it's apparently incredibly difficult. Did you get they to that are. point? Yeah, you did, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, fun fact, it was like the first full playthrough I ever did on stream. Yeah, I remember this. So, yeah. Because it yeah. just came out was as like, you started streaming. Yeah, yeah. It was like four years ago at this point. Jeez. But uh, yeah, that was... It was really hard. And like, I'm also not good at Splatoon either. Like, I was one of those people that, you know, helped the team by actually, you know, painting the ground like you're supposed to instead of, you know, going around getting kills yeah so once it became like a one-on-one it was like oh no oh no i'm in danger i just like painting leave me alone you know <laughs> it's very much it i'm in danger yeah <laughs> like i use splat roller what am i supposed to do against this <laughs> hide like chasing them come here come here come here you hide in the ink and then attack them yeah, I I went the splat roller as well, and it's it it does leave you very limited in terms of what you can do in combat wise. Or when they have like when they have really high defense, and you you like yes, I'm gonna get you, I'm gonna get you, and then you hit them, and then you just bounce off. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you need like two or three hits. I'm like, what? It's a it's a roller. That's why you jump and fling the ink. Yeah, I'm not that good. Yeah, yeah but even then, the range on that is still garbo. It, it is. is. Yeah. Mm. Narrow as well, hard to uh, yeah, hard to hit them. Uh, I don't know. It's Splatoon two, like or Splatoon. Anyway, it's, it's the online, isn't it? That's the fun bit. And then I loved Salmon Run, and so Salmon Run's that really that sort good. of main yeah, yeah that story stuff I didn't care as much about. Like, but it's free now, so I've just remembered to download it, and I'm gonna do that right now. See, I, so I like not... the story parts, honestly. Mm. Like, I, I like because I went through um, when it first came out. I did the story of it. And when I got into the game, I was just that much better than everyone because I knew how to play. And then people learned how to play and they got better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's like <laughs> going through the story is a great way to learn the game. If you haven't played yeah, it before. It's, 
Mm. It's like a long tutorial. It is. But then also the boss fight against DJ Octavia has some really good music. I do remember that. That one was really good. And that's one thing, like, I enjoy Splatoon for its music. Calamari Mm. Incantation. How did we not talk about Splatoon's OST? I know. (laughs) We were too distracted by RPGs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, we didn't talk about that. I don't think we talked about Yarkus's OST as well. It's like, oh, come on, what are we doing? There's so much you can talk about. We'll have to do a part two. Yeah, part two, next time. Yeah, I'll be in on that. I'll be in on that. (laughs) And you can actually put your opinion on Banjo-Kazooie this time. Exactly. <laughs> there was so much you said, I'm just like, oh, I want to add to this so badly. <laughs> You're like, and put yourself in the podcast post-humor. I'm very tempted when I edit the podcast a lot, of, like so many times when I'm not in it, to just, you know, chime in here and there. But I won't, though. Other than that, I've uh, recently started Tiny Tina Wonderlands. So how are you enjoying that, since I'm the only other person who has played that? I just got the Sword of Souls and beat, was it Zomboss? Right, right. So, yeah, I, so I'm, the first actual proper boss. Yeah. I don't, it's interesting. Like it, Yeah, the game, it like it's a Borderlands game, but it doesn't really feel like one. Yeah. And I haven't come across very many side quests so far. No. When the, normally in like, Borderlands you have like side quests galore. Yeah, and you need to I do think them the to side level quests, up. Yeah, the side quests kind of show up like once you get back from that. Ah, uh, okay. So that's coming up then. Because I honestly prefer yeah. the side quests to Borderlands most of the time. Yeah, yeah. Especially now that the Borderlands games writings are god-awful. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's no polite way to say it. They're just bad. Yeah. Three was just really bad writing. Ugh. But again, like, I, I'm enjoying it. I'm playing Spellshot, of course. Of course. And I based it Just off, because um, I was going through the head options, and I saw, like, Aqua. I'm like, I guess uh, I'm, I'm guessing my, D&D my, making my D&D yeah. character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought so. I wasn't going to, and then I'm like, okay, I guess I'm doing this. But then um, the one thing I found a bit annoying was voice options. Yeah, the, like... The game gives you the ability to like pick a whole bunch of different voices for your characters and change the pitch, but even then it still feels really limiting. But it also, the voices determine their personality. Yeah, that too. Uh... And that's what I didn't like. I'm like, I like this voice kind of, but I don't like the personality. And I was like, oh, I guess I'll go with this because it sounds more close to the voice. But yeah, I just... It was not... That's the one part that I keep, like... Because I went with, I think, the strange voice, and I'm like, these are some weird lines mm. that wouldn't fit the character, but okay. But other than that, I, I'm having fun. So far. We'll yeah. see how it goes. Yeah, like, it, it gets good until you decide to farm legendaries. Yeah, I'm not going to be doing that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, then you find out that they're worse than the main, like majority of guns it's like oh i mean is the drop rate better than borderlands 2 at least uh every borderlands game past 2 has had better legendary drops than 2 yeah there were i swear i only came across the predetermined legendaries in 2 sometimes yeah anyway alex Mm. your turn 
Yes. Well, there's not much for me, honestly. I have been busy moving, and at uni, it's uh, assignments, you know, assignment season. You're coming so. up to exam season as well, aren't you? Yeah, I don't have exams this semester, which I'm very thankful for. I nice. do have one next semester. But Look at yeah, you it's getting one exam for the whole year. I know. I'm, <laughs> trust me, I'm very lucky, and I don't expect it every year. That's for sure. <laughs> but uh, I mean, in between things, I've been playing the Sega Picross uh, game, and it is. Ha- has anyone here played Picross I've before? I played the Pokemon one. Yeah, I completed it. Yeah, I played um the one on the SNES NSO. They got the Mario oh, yeah. Picross. Yeah. Yeah, I played through that one as well. It's the Mario Picross on the SNES. It's very um, it's very clunky because you know it's such mm. an old version of it. When you go over to like the Switch Picross games, they're very fluid, like very fluent and very easy to control, and um, it's just that little bit nicer. Uh, it's a it's a bit of a rabbit hole though because like as soon as I finish one, I'm like, oh, I'll just do another one, and I'll just do another one. It's it's that Stardew Valley effect. As mm. well, where you just I just keep going, and then I just you know I've spent an hour and I haven't studied at all. I mean, at least it's better than not doing like anything, because at least it's you know putting your brain to use. That is true. You know, it's better that to do true. that than just sit there and watch something. Yeah, that that is very true. But then, like <laughs> when you play it for an hour, then you just look around, you just see numbers and squares everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're good fun though. I um. I got the free Pokemon Picross yeah, on that's the 3DS. I yeah. yeah, and and because I had no idea how to play it, and then because the Mari one on the NSO, the SNES one didn't have a tutorial. I'm like, I do not know what the hell is going on. <laughs> and so the the Pikachu Pokemon one was was a lot better. That showed me it. I'm like, okay, click. I know what's happening. It was a good time. Like, like Sudoku when uh, you know. Yeah, when that first uh, really big into that. Scene. Yeah, what 15 years ago probably now. Um. Yeah, so I like those puzzle games. Just nice sort of 10 minutes you can put towards one, put it down, and, and move on. See, my intention is to put it down. That's right. You intend to. <laughs> other than that, um, the other thing I've been playing is Under Embargo, so unfortunately I can't say anything about it. Um, only thing I'll say is it's fun to cheat, but that's all I can really say. Um, and then i also been playing... I've, I finally got back to playing Yakuza 0. Um, working through that, I spent a long, like a lot of time doing Majima's business side quest. Oh, so like a uh, Yakuza Seven I... business side quest, <laughs> where well, you spend a lot of time in that. Yeah, yeah, but uh, the the ones in Zero are like very, like they're more difficult management oh, things. Boy. Plus, yeah, yeah, plus the actually like the rewards you get from them are super important oh oh they're ridiculous like i was i was doing that for like a week straight and then i came out and i just felt like a god <laughs> i was just crushing everyone i'm like this seems a little broken but i suppose you're supposed to like do it over time not just yeah. you know do it all at once yeah that's what i, I did found on that. the yakuza 7 one came out yeah. like four million dollars i'm like <laughs> i can yeah, buy anything yeah. i want now the, nathan for uh for reference with so Yakuza Seven, you know, all all that management game is, yeah, is like, yeah, it's you very get simple. a pa- you get a party member and a lot of money. Yes, these uh, both Kiryu and Majima have a uh, different uh, management thing. Kiryu mm-hmm. has like uh, real estate. Majima has like a nightclub thing yeah. that he has. To do. I think I remember seeing when, you play. Yeah, w- when you complete them, you get new fighting styles. Oh god! 
yeah, new new fighting styles, and you unlock um unlock upgrades within your existing fighting styles. So like, yeah. if you don't do that, you literally have a limit to how much you can upgrade him. Yeah, yeah, I didn't do that because they those management games were not fun in my opinion. And oh boy, did I feel the uh, feel yeah, the difficulty spike at the end. You would have. I got very, I got very addicted to it. Maybe it's because I'm doing a business degree at the moment, so I was like, "This is kind of studying." <laughs> you can use it as an excuse. Exactly. I'll write a, I'll write an essay on it. I'm sure they'll, I'm sure they'll tax appreciate it, that. Write it off on tax. <laughs> there you go. It's a, it's yeah, yeah. Educational my accountant. Yeah, my accountant. What is Yakuza Zero? <laughs> and do I need to call the police? <laughs> Did you know that you too can learn how to make games? Skillshare has courses that let you learn game development, even if you've never developed a game before. You can make games at home using free software like Unreal Engine, which was used to make Kingdom Hearts 3, or Unity, which was used to make Overcooked. Skillshare can even be used to help you improve at school and university. So be sure to click the link in the description to receive a one-month free trial to a course that helps you learn faster in less time. But moving on, we'll, I mean, yeah, that's all I've been playing, so we'll just jump straight into the news. Uh, first up... Uh, we had a recently translated Japanese article from 1996. Um, this one I found very interesting because it was uh, saying how there was concern about uh, lack of 16-bit software being sold, especially in the Western market. And all companies, Nintendo, Sega, Capcom, and Konami, all reported financial losses from 94 to 96. So there was a, in Japan especially, there was a, there was a really big concern about whether they were going to experience another market crash like Atari in the early 80s. So I just found this super interesting, this one. Um, I mean, we know how it all played out, but what did you, what do you guys think about, you know, that kind of, uh, I suppose, anxiety about uh, where the industry was going at that time? I mean, I was three. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. <laughs> But no, it, it, I was, was... it was to do with the the, the 3D, wasn't it? The, the appeal of yeah. what was coming next, yeah. I suppose. And so, mm. um, I mean, I th- I've talked about it on my show before, but like I remember growing up as a kid just like thinking 2D games are boring and mm. the 3D was where it's at. So um, I don't know if that was a general consensus <laughs> among a lot of people, but it makes you wonder that, you know, I look back at it now and like, I know, uh, the 64 games are pretty shit compared to what also, they were on the, they the were SNES and the Mega Drive. And, for a kid. Not wrong. Mm. Mm. Yeah, they were they were kind of hard to get you because we're we were so used to two D games. I mean, well, I wasn't because I grew up with three D games, but um, I imagine if you're so ingrained with two D games, like switching over to three D would have been difficult. Um, but I mean, Japan, especially at the time, they had a different mentality in terms of like they wanted to keep making two D games, where the Western market were really demanding three D. So it was, I reckon it was like a lot of that was due to that disconnect in like culture. That's probably also why um, Donkey Kong does so well in a Western market. Because it did that 2.5D mm. on the SNES. Yeah, that's that's also very true. And that, that I mean, at the time, that was groundbreaking. Yeah. Um, I Like there's a quote from the... Uh, Nintendo present at the time, Hiroshi Yamauchi, he said he thought it was a Nintendo 64 game. Damn. Like, he was like, oh my god, are, like, are all Nintendo 64 games going to look this amazing? Like, no, this is Super Nintendo. <laughs> I mean, he he was infamous for knowing nothing about video games. But 
you know, yeah. take so take that with a grain of, grain of salt, but I still think that's quite funny. I was just so surprised that Nintendo reported losses for that period. It just I was just mm-hmm. trying to think back, you know, I, I look at the SNES era as something that was fairly popular. They were doing really well. Um, I know it was massive competition with Sega at the time, but I know I looked into it a bit more and what they had the um the Virtual Boy launch in that period yeah, and, and yeah. epically fail. I can only imagine the time spent into that. I believe I believe that's also roughly the same time they were in deals with Sony to make the uh disc drive as well. Yeah. Which yeah. eventually turned into the PlayStation. Also I think so, uh yeah. could have hurt that was a time where arcades were starting to phase out. Yep. Also, yeah, so that would have hurt hurt Capcom, Konami, and Sega, for sure. Um, I and there was also the the CDI as well. So there were a lot of fail, uh, a lot of failed business ventures. CDI. That's a dog. So the article you shared said uh, there was. Sorry, the article you shared said uh, they sold. They were selling lots of consoles, but just the software wasn't selling. So it's just. uh, Um. So he's stuck between uh, doing all right with the hardware, but not getting enough of the software out, which is probably where you make your real money, I suppose. So yeah, it's because millennials yeah, all that, and kids all are not wasting their money on useless stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I think like most people back then, when they played games, it was from like renting them from uh, places like Blockbuster. Yeah, that as well. Mm-hmm. I also feel later you go into a console's lifespan, um, the more people sell their games, so you can pick them up cheap, like secondhand. Yeah. Mm. And ninety four to ninety six, that were they were the later years of the Super Nintendo. And I mean, PlayStation launched in ninety four, so and that was a real first big push of three D gaming. In, in from a console perspective, that is. Yeah. So you know, ninety four yeah. PlayStation drops, Nintendo still working with two um, D graphics and cartridges. It's interesting. And cartridges. Well, yeah. Mm. Well, they're back with cartridges now. Yeah, true. So, did... it, or is it technically a game card, not a cartridge? Yeah, I get, I get true. pulled up on this as well. <laughs> I like to think it's a cartridge for nostalgia's sake, but you, you're right. It's more like yeah, a game card, almost like an SD card. It, mm. it also has a uh, distinct taste. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> We've all we've all done it. Actually. I've done it completely oh, yeah. by accident. Where I like I sometimes hold put put something in my mouth when I grab stuff. I'm like, oh, oh no, no, what did I do? <laughs> <laughs> Run straight to the tap. Oh. Yeah, but they I, do I it to I'm stop kids licking it. Really? You you weren't curious. You weren't curious when someone's like when you first heard the news story. All of my games are digital. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> can't can't really lick data. <laughs> oh, you're missing out. You're not getting the true Nintendo Switch experience if you haven't looked at a game card. Unless you want to, you know, do the old Digimon movie and go and become one with the internet. <laughs> That's going very meta now. Oh, you in Digimon, man. <laughs> what? It's good. <laughs> Back uh, to the article, though, if I could. Um, yeah. Because I read about the, uh, like, a an Atari-style crash um, happening again, and I just thought, okay like these Nintendo or Sega executives are freaking out because they've just like produced maybe 2 million copies of Kirby Superstar on the SNES and they're worried that they're going to have to like <laughs> bury them out in the desert or something if they don't yeah. sell well enough. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the difference is Kirby was builds. good. 
Yeah, that was it. It was a good game. I was just trying to think of a late one in the SNES life. <laughs> well, it's, it's, a, it's a valid that point, though. Because mm. like you said, if the software is not selling, then, yeah, they, they would have that in the back of their mind saying, like, oh, we've got all this software and nothing to do with it. That's it. Yeah, what I, do you do with I, it? I still can't believe that is the thing that actually happened. Just dumping a whole bunch of ET cartridges, <laughs> just in the middle of nowhere. And the fact that there's a documentary like an trying urban... to find them. Yeah, it's an urban legend for the longest time. It's like, no, it actually happened. We dug yeah. it up. Here, you want a coffee? It's crazy. They'd sell them all now, just with that story. Like, I'd love to own one of those cartridges. I know, yeah. Buried, yeah. Just display it somewhere. Uh, Nathan, do you, do you want to tackle the next one? Yes, I sure can. Uh, so, Spirity, a Stardew Valley-like game, Inspired by Eastern Culture is officially confirmed for the Switch in 2022. Yeah, this game I've been I've been following this game for a little while now, uh, since we did a, like a Kickstarter article, uh, yeah, about two or three years ago when it was on there, and yeah, it looks it looks very beautiful. It's very um, Stardew Valley cross uh, spirited away. away, and like a little bit of Earthbound as it's, well. It's a lot more talking to people than farming. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but like just looking at the screenshots and you know that kind of art style, it does look really, really pretty. Very cute. Looks gorgeous, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Even Undertale vibes as well, just with the moving text and even the sort of uh, style of the graphics as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's using like a really neat because like in the in the article that I've um, that I've shared with you guys, like right down the bottom where it has all the characters. Yeah. That that like gives the, me Earthbound vibes. Oh, 100%. Mm. But the houses in the back, like it's it's got like an interesting shading effect where it's not you can you can tell it's 2D. Yes. But it has that 3D feel to it. Yeah, but it's I don't know, it's just really it's really nice. It's really crisp. Yeah. They they've done they've really done well in this pixel like design. Yeah. And this is all done by one person. I also like the uh the title how they've got the shrine gate as the two t's yeah mm. yeah it's really yeah, nice that, isn't it that's fun so this this is a game that I, yeah i'm gonna be looking out for um it's it's saying this year hopefully soon hopefully but yeah definitely keep your eye on that one um nintendo switch online adds three new games we got pinball yeah congo's congo's caper <laughs> And Rival Turf. Yeah, don't all rush out at once to play this. We've got a podcast to finish. Oh, I've already started downloading. <laughs> I'm play Pinball now. <laughs> I've already got my Switch out ready to go. I'm actually playing it on my hand. Good Lord. You don't know that. I'm, I'm away from you. You can't see. That is that is true. That is true. Yeah, it's... Uh, Disappointing roll, drop, these, isn't it? These rollouts are almost embarrassing at this point. Except for the 64 rollouts. Yeah, they're fine. I mean, aside from until their, they run out of one their, game at uh, time, their back catalog. Well, that's it because you know the it's definitely a lot more limited their their backlog Nintendo sixty four than the other consoles. But uh, it's yeah, great, sure. I've got nothing more to say on this, honestly. You know, I I was looking at Rival Turf because I love um. Streets of Rage, and so I've been playing that with a couple of mates, and I thought, okay, this is another sort of beat 'em up. And so I looked at like other reviews, and IGN rated it in 2011, 
gave it a 4 out of 10, calling it an almost entirely forgettable beat-em-up with a boring premise, bland music, and partially broken gameplay. So very excited to pick this one up and uh, right. give it a go. <laughs> huh. So no good. No good, apparently. <laughs> no review on yeah, Congo's no. Caper? Uh, wasn't as interested in that one, um, so I hadn't, didn't really look. And then I've, I've, I've watched someone play pinball for a while, and, and it looks like a, you know, a decent enough pinball entry. I like pinball, so that'll be the one I'll play for a bit. And, but does it? And that'll be it, sadly. So. Nah, I never played that. Honestly, well, you didn't play that on the uh, the computer. Oh, that one. Oh, yeah, I love that. Oh, one. yeah, yeah, that <laughs> yeah, one. yeah. Nothing beats yeah, that. Was that. Fun. that was no. great. Congo's Caper actually has half decent reviews. I say half decent, nothing amazing, but it averages mm. around between six and seven. So again, don't all rush out at once. But I've been playing for the last ten minutes. What are you talking about? <laughs> I, I, I um, wonder if we've, we're going to get to a stage where I don't know. I, these games aren't that appealing. I know last. Or in Feb we got Earthbound Beginnings and Earthbound, which was mm. I think a great inclusion to the service, and yeah. um, I got a lot of value out of that. But I know, are we ever going to get to a stage where we do get a Final Fantasy VI, a Chrono Trigger, or even the Castlevania games? Like I know they're doing collections outside, and these companies are selling them, or especially Castlevania stuff outside. But are we ever like, are they going to have to do something with the pricing again just to get those sorts of games on? I don't know because uh, especially for NES and SNES, they're pretty much done everything big local uh like that's nintendo's made i feel yeah, that's so the thing. it's tough they have to pay yeah. to use those games yeah, yeah and like specifically with the uh final fantasy 6 thing like square enix has just released their like remaster quote unquote oh the pixel perfect ones yeah the yeah the pixel perfect or remaster whatever it's called so mm. i don't think they're going to be doing that anytime soon I, th- I think they would port them over to Switch before they put them on Switch Online. Yeah, exactly. Which is yeah. upsetting because, you know, it, we're already paying for the service. We would like to have them there. But I think these companies just see more value in doing it themselves. I mean, you know, we don't yeah. we don't see the, the financial reports or anything like that. But I can't imagine, you know, that that wouldn't be a more profitable way to do it for these companies. It's getting a lot of money, NSO. Like, like they've got a lot of 10 million or something subscribers, I believe. So that's a minimum, I know, Australian, what, $30 a year? So um, there's decent money going in there. And most of it's Nintendo stuff. A little bit, a little bit of it's other weird companies making things. But I can't imagine there's a lot of money being spent on that. So um, would be interesting to see how it stacks up. I just looked at it, and in November last year, they had 32 million subscribers. Oh, wow. There you go. That's heaps. That is heaps. I mean, I don't know whether um, whether it counts the amount of people that use the family service. I don't know how that would translate. Yeah. But, I mean, even still, that is a lot. Yeah. I mean, what's... Let me get out my calculator... So thirty-two million. We can't. We we always do math in podcasts, don't we? <laughs> It'd be like million. Yeah, almost a billion dollars a year, just from NSO. I just did that in my head. Yeah. Not, <laughs> and we still get the online math. service they give us. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, that it, it then comes to, you know, are we going to start getting Game Boy and Game Boy Advance? I mean, they you know, it, the leaks say we do. Yeah. yeah we're, we're I just mean, waiting for it. That's, it. that's what we talked about I can see Game so ready. <laughs> I can see Game Boy being part of the regular service and Game Boy Advance going to the expansion. Now, the question yeah. is, what will they do yeah, with Pokemon? That. You yeah. get pinball, and that's it. <laughs> you don't hey, get I the like pinball. That's all Jake needs. <laughs> oh, I'd be, I'd be yeah, I, I, be I would be perfectly happy with only having Pokemon pinball. Yeah, Jake <laughs> and I someone... have definitely gone on record saying we love the Pokemon pinball games. Is someone yeah, who tr- has spent yeah. hundreds of hours in uh, Ruby <laughs> and Sapphire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just give us all the spin-offs, and then make it for purchase the mainline stuff in the eShop and I think people would be more than happy to do that what if you get Mystery Dungeon Red that'd be cool mm. I mean oh but then yeah, again you do have Mystery Dungeon as a stand like the remaster True. on Switch which I completely forgot about until you just said that yeah so did I honestly yeah I've never played a Mystery Dungeon game play them they're really no, good they are genuinely really good mm. like, they're fun of- fun fight time Explorers of Sky is, in my opinion, the best Pokemon spin-off game. Yeah, right. And you put hundreds of hours into Pimple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I know what I'm talking about. I put a I lot of hours into Jake, Pokemon Quest Pokemon, more than I should have. Uh, Pokemon Dash? I did, unfortunately. <laughs> that is that is not a good game. What was Pokemon Quest, Josh? Um... So that was on the Switch. That was a free to play, and so oh, it's um, it like Minecraft-looking Pokemon. Yeah, that was that not blocky. That game, was yeah. not good. It, I was strangely addicted to it, though. I put over a hundred hours, <laughs> I reckon, into that. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you got Pokemon it, Cafe it was like, as well. Yeah, I didn't play that one. Um, some other ones I played. Uh, Rumble Arena. I'm looking for trading card game to play that again. That'd be fun. Oh, the the Game Boy trading yeah. card game. That was yeah. good. Yeah. Or they could just like do a um, you know, a mobile card game app. Every other card game's yeah. done it. Yeah, I mean you've got the you've got the PC um Pokemon trading card online and I think it's on like iPad. Oh, if it's on iPad like, iOS as well. Too bad. Yeah, but like I, because it's more like a simulation, so I would actually want like kind of like an adventure card game. Yeah, that would be fun. That would be a lot of fun. I mean, I could just I could go back to Pokemon Trading Card Game. Although I remember playing it and it got it, getting up to the final boss, and it was very predictable. Like you needed to have the specific. You needed to have the legendary birds. That's um, you couldn't what win without them. When you have solo like player content, you know what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it became very predictable. But aside from that, I really enjoyed it. Um, Jake, would you like to take the next one? Alright. Uh, Mario Strikers Battle League has received a first kick demo where you can play through the game's tutorial immediately and uh, online on June 4th to 6th at uh, set times. What are these times? And it will get free uh, updates post-launch. Oh, yes, that too. <laughs> mainly characters yeah yeah because they've got like um i mean the nintendo have just said uh free content but there's like you know obviously people have data mined 
and can see placeholders for characters. Yeah, it's it'll be mostly characters, maybe in arena or two. Mm. Probably items as well. The the customizable things you can yeah, wear. That. I'd say yeah, as well. True. Yeah. But the... has anyone played this yet? It's no. I've downloaded it. Is it out? The yeah, demo? I've been meaning to. Yeah. It's out. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, online I, um... is only June fourth to six. Okay, I. Yeah. I um so, I went through the tutorial this morning though, and um it's it's really intensive. Like it took me a good forty five minutes just to get through it. Oh and wow! So, no. Um, it's early impressions for me. It's going to be a very technical sort of game compared to the previous entries with um charged and uh the GameCube Mario Strikers back in the day. So I'm I'm really excited for this. This is like um going to be really technically driven. There's some really good fun with the items. And then the charge shots are cool as well. You can get like double scores if you execute that correctly and do it well. So, um, it came for this without motion controls like the last game and to really sort of um, play it a lot and get good at it. So, that makes sense. It's I'm, I'm really excited for this. I was keen beforehand, but yeah, just after this tutorial this morning, just uh, really further excited now. You mean you don't just go dry bones and uh, shock out the goalie and headbutt in? <laughs> No, no. <laughs> no, there's there's a lot you can do. You can you're dodging. There's like um perfect moves it's called. So you can if you time shots perfectly, they're more likely to get in, but you can do the same thing for dodging, perfect dodges, perfect passes, and perfect tackles. And so I, I just love seeing that like I was like the tutorial is pretty basic in terms of like you're not playing you're playing a little bit of a match, but there's times where you can like launch yourself into another player, and they launch themselves even faster and harder into an opposing player. Um, it's like uh, soccer, the roughness of like AFL mixed into into soccer here, and uh, <laughs> these these characters uh, launching at each other, studs first, is pretty funny. So, um, nah, it will be a good time. I'm really keen to get a league going and to get some online happening with some mates. Yeah, I'd I'd be in on that because that's. I mean, I pl- I didn't play the other ones all that much, but I remember playing them for about an hour, and I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Like, there's probably not too much more um, mm. to digest here. So the fact that it is a bit more technically, like, um, a bit more technical in mind, is is a good thing for me. Is it is it technical to the point where it might deter new players though? Um, it could be. I'm interested to see like play some proper matches and just to see the fuel like whether like there's enough there that you can sort of button mash a bit and and still get in and and do all right yeah um because i know i'm not gonna be able to probably master all these moves and just sort of work out a few things that work for me i suppose um the other thing was the field feels fairly small i feel and so like it'll be interesting to sort of use items well to sort of create moments where like you need like five seconds sometimes by yourself just to charge your special shot, your hyper shot, whatever it's called. So um, I hope they get the balance right. And uh, I think I think some veterans obviously want a more challenging, more technical experience, whereas it's a party game on the other end. And so you've got to have that, that good sort of appeal to, to everyone, not just the hardcores. So fingers crossed. I think, they, I think they'll do decently well with the balance. I'm hoping anyway. That's awesome. Yeah, I I am looking forward to this one. I've I I think we've been waiting for a while for a new Mario Strikers game. When was the last one on Wii? Yeah, fifteen yeah, years ago. So. Yeah, fifteen years. Yeah, wow. Long time. Very I'm long just time. glad we get more of this artwork. 
Oh, the I artwork is amazing. Mm -hmm. Artwork, art style, it's so good. Like the really thick but jagged, like black mm. line, out, yeah, black yeah, outlines. Yeah, thick outlines, very scratchy. Yeah, that's I'm glad yeah, they kept that well. in the series. Yeah, it's good fun. And then next next level as well. So it's not Camelot. So I'm I've got I suppose higher expectations. I know I've I enjoyed um, Super Rush got the golf game last year enough. Um, although that was missing. Yeah. I feel, I feel like it, it was a decent enough attempt, but not as polished as it probably should have been. Um, but here with Next Level, with their history with Luigi's Mansion 3, I just uh, the expectation's a bit higher. So uh, yeah. going into this pretty uh, confident that they'll, it'll be a good good uh, addition to the uh, franchise. Definitely more faith in Next Level than Camelot. Yeah. yeah. Camelot should just go back to making yeah. Golden Sun. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you, please. You, you remember last year, Nathan and Jake, well, how I was so excited for Mario Golf. Yeah. You made us watch a video for it. I know. Yeah. I was yeah, really excited. Yeah, in the doc, you're like, make sure you watch this. It's going to be super exciting. We're going to talk about this a lot. And like, mm. yeah, when we got to recording the episode, it's like, so what do you think? It's like, it's golf. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you so excited about golf, dude? Yeah, I, I, I really, <laughs> I really oversold it. I really, I was actually, I was really excited because I, I don't know why, but I really enjoy golf games. So I just thought, you know, the fact that you can run around and everything, I thought it would have been good. I was wrong. I mean, that speed golf mode was fun. That was good. That was the best part of the game. It was. It was. But it it didn't hold attention all that much, I don't think. Like, once you no, played it a couple did, times, yeah. you're like, yeah, okay. Yeah, there was just one or two modes missing, I feel. Oh, for sure. And the yeah. story mode was very lackluster. <laughs> yes, yeah. Bring back the RPG elements, you know? Bring Yeah. Yeah, because it did have RPG elements, but it was very lackluster and very bare bones. Mm. And I'm like, ah, I was expecting more. A bit more, yeah. Um, Next one, has anyone been following a YouTube channel called Project Dream? No. No. This nah. is the first I've heard about it. I've so heard of the they... name, but I haven't been following yeah, Project Dream was the original title for Banjo Kazooie, wasn't it? Yeah, when it was still an SNES game, and it was the yeah. uh, the the I don't know the guy, the dude. Yeah, he had a sword, and yeah, so on and so forth. Um, but basically, this YouTube channel has just been remaking uh, mainly Banjo Kazooie, so not as not as a playable version, just for you know, just as a video, but basically remaking it from the ground up with like new assets and i think it looks like it's in unreal engine i could be wrong but it looks unreal engine yeah but, judging by the lighting it's probably unreal yeah it definitely looks it um but since then they they dabbled in banjo 2e as well and they did a little bit there but then they released banjo 3e so it's not remastered like you know not taking an existing game and remastering it or remaking it but a whole new like a, a whole new game, essentially, like a concept for a new game. Now, this isn't real. Like, it is strictly just for entertainment video purposes. Um, but as someone who has gushed about Benji Kazooie more times than probably anyone would have liked me to have on this podcast, um, it looks amazing. And it, it is pretty much exactly what I would have wanted. 
from Banj- from uh, Banjo 3. I actually really like that wooden train tracks and pixel like um, car version of them. Yeah. Mm. It's really cool. Like they they definitely got creative with it cuz there was a there was like a voxel version like a in like a Minecraft and yeah there's uh, I'm watching it now there's the um sprite banjo cuz they were like Super Mario Kart. Yeah. Style. Yeah. It's just it's just really pretty. And it kind of makes me sad <laughs> watching it. And if it ever got made, it wouldn't have the same people on there anyway. No, exactly. Yeah. They're all platonic. We, we don't talk about nuts and bolts. No. Well, I've never played. I've never played nuts and bolts, it's just and so different. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like I've just heard so many times that it is going. To- it is good. It is a good game, but not a good banjo yes, game. That's the, yep. the thing behind it. It's, yep. it's a good game i'll give him that but it's not banjo it's not what you expect yeah. mm. and it's not what fans you know it's not why we go into banjo games so i mean i still have faith in platonic um potentially when we eventually receive that 3d ukulele sequel you know now they've got a bit more funding and they're a bit more established so i'm waiting for the sequel there but in the meantime, yeah, I just love looking at this. It's really nice. The first game was good, but it was a bit... It was yeah. rough. It was very rough around the edges. I reckon they sh- they potentially might... It would have been better if they started off with the 2D platformer. I'm also not a huge fan of the, um, you know, you have to go out the world, expand the world, and then go back in. Yeah, I can understand that. Like, I like the get it all done in one run like from banjo kazooie not go back in, like in banjo tui yeah I was, I was very much the same but they were like they were really talking that up and apparently real people really love that Ugh. yeah each of their own i suppose and last bit of news i wanted to finish it off on a light note is that someone well actually youtuber peter netter uh made a game boy advance sp out of cardboard so that's just what you do. Yeah, it's it's like Labo, but something you'd actually want. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it worked. It, it looked cool. He was playing Tony Hawk on there, oh and uh, seemed to be doing alright, didn't he, with it? So yeah, it's fu- fully functional. Yeah. I mean, would it be the ideal way to play these games? Absolutely not. That but would be on Switch only. I would have it on. <laughs> I would take it out of the box, unlike the first Labo kit that I still have boxed. I've had it for like three years and haven't opened it. And how was the piano? Yeah, the piano. Yeah, with the piano and and all that, and yeah. the fishing rod. Um, I yeah. got it as a Christmas present. Okay, so I didn't pay. I didn't pay any money for it. I got like three sets when they were like down to like fifteen dollars. Yeah. And I'm waiting for like maybe this year to give it to Jace. Yeah, and that's the thing. I don't. I think it's the target audience kind of thing because I yeah. think like Jace would really enjoy it. Like if you played it, um, and you set them up with him. Yeah, that's more where your target audience is. It's not really for us, and especially the VR concepts. I was like, yeah, no, mm. that's not really what we want in terms of you, VR. You mean you don't want to play a Labo Mario Kart? Not really. 
No. You know, where you press down the accelerator with your foot and you steer it. <laughs> it's a neat idea. It's a novelty. I think my only one was the VR set because I was interested to see how they would do the VR. And um, without like a strap, because you've got to hold it to your head. It's, you know, yeah. it doesn't work. And, you know, I... Um, they, they did it with, like, you could play the whole of Breath of the Wild in VR, and I'd be interested to give that a go someday, whether you could actually get through it without wanting to vomit or throw up, you know? <laughs> That's my thoughts as well. Yeah. It's a 720p screen it, it at the best rough. of times. It would look very rough. 100%. I wonder how it would go with the OLED. Mm. I mean, it could be slightly better. Maybe but... a bit better, but yeah. The I... resolution still remains the same, and mm. you need a fast frame rate as well. Yeah. And I'd need to go to Etsy or eBay and buy a, a weird um, strap to put around my head so that the actual headset would stay in place because it just wouldn't work otherwise. Nah. It just kind of reminds me of... Uh, just tape it to your face. Tape it. <laughs> just duct tape it and rip out your hair. Yay. And and partially destroy the VR set as well, the cardboard. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Sorted. It'll be fine. Did anyone try Google Google Glass? Well, not, not Google Glass, the Google Cardboard VR thing. Oh, that, I forgot about that. No. It was Wasn't it literally just instructions? Like, you and you can just use any cardboard? Essentially, yeah. It was very average. I think Nintendo probably saw that and be like, oh, we could do something with this. Being Nintendo, you know, they do like to try weird things. That's it. But that's all we got for the news. We'll head over to the Indie Roundup, where we'll want to talk about some upcoming indie games, uh, ones that are either featured and that we're excited for, or just ones that um, we feel as though deserve a little bit more attention. And we've got five here. Ironically, four are from the Nintendo Indie World presentations. So um, not a lot of uh, under-the-radar games this episode, more um, big indie games to look forward to. So... Uh, first one we got is Silt, so that's S-I-L-T. Uh, Silt is a surreal underwater puzzle adventure game. Alone in an underwater abyss, you are a diver searching the deep to uncover long-forgotten mysteries. Possess the creatures around you to solve puzzles and travel further into the darkness. So this one was showed off in the recent Indie World presentation. It, it's hilarious, so it got a June release date, and then it's June 1st. Huh. So it's like, why not? Why not just say June first? <laughs> Maybe they weren't set on when it was going to come out. Most likely, most likely, yeah. But I, I just find it funny. It's like June first. Like, it, yeah, technically you're right. Because you know, it, they, but, they could be you know looking to see if there's any big games coming out and you know adjusting it around that. Yeah, you and your logic. Yeah, you got logic this stuff. <laughs> That's why no games released around Elden Ring. That's you and your brain thinking except for Horizon Zero Dawn which you know did not go well nope I really like the look of this one though because it just it looks like um what was that game that released Limbo sorry Limbo yeah in terms of the aesthetic but like the underwater oh you mean that Abzu Abzu that's not what I was thinking of I was thinking of that one, that Subnautica. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's like 3D. Yeah, but, but like, the, this is yeah, Abzu being yeah. that 2D. 
Yeah, very true. But like, yeah, it's it's kind of like inside, or like Limbo, sorry, but with um with Abzu kind of gameplay, and it looks very creepy. Like if you look at the the main key art at the at the front, and then you look at his flippers, they're like claws. Oh yeah, I didn't I think notice that's that. That's literally just meant to be the bubbles coming off him, because it's all the way along his body. Yeah, I know, but like the actual yeah. like the pointing the pointedness of his of his flippers. So like the game, you can actually you know take over. I'm pretty sure you can. You can oh, take you mean because they creatures. look like sickles? That's it. Yeah, sickles. Yeah. Or like the you know like prey mantises, yeah. and they've got like the scythe, scythe that's, yeah. kind of yeah yeah. Um, yeah, it's, <laughs> it just looks really interesting. I, I love indie games. Um, Josh, I'm not sure whether you've got that or not, <laughs> but I, I love the creativeness of it. Are you, are you a big indie, indie gamer? Um, not personally. No, I, I do tend to stick to like, if a big one breaks out and gets really popular, I'll hear about it and we'll pick it up. So like, you so know, you're like, like Untitled Goose game or Hades back in the day, you know, they got yeah. the real big sort mm. of, everyone was playing them. Thought, yeah, that looks cool. I'll pick it up. So, I suppose I'm less likely to pick up some of the more smaller niche ones. Although, in saying that, um, Metrovania's things like that, a big indie sort of scene for that. So, I played um the Bloodstains before. Is that an in- indie game? I suppose it was Kickstarter. Exactly indie esque. Yeah, indie esque. So that, that's suppose that counts for me. I'm gonna pick up Infernax <laughs> after Alex uh, recommended that one to me. That one was good. I finished that. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, those types of games I'll yeah, I'll sort of lean to. But uh but that's about it really. So yeah, I do need to be a bit more open I feel with these sorts of games because the Switch just has so many good ones out there and has been so supportive of that kind of scene. So yeah, it's something I do need to get behind a bit more. I could honestly gush about like yeah, cuz um Nathan and Jake are overly indie focused, so I feel like I, <laughs> this is kind of like my, my indulgence. Don't do RPGs. Um, <laughs> they do they do some like, not good ones <laughs> some are but not I never, all i never played dodgeball academia i knew That's not I heard that one too was bad good. okay yeah I, I downloaded that on my xbox i've been meaning to get that's to how that i played it on the game pass yeah anywho um yeah still definitely check that one out um if you like um 2d underwater games i don't know uh the next one the big con grift of the year edition so hustle your way across the 90s as a runaway teen con artist choose how to make your scratch as you dis- as you don disguises pickpockets and rip people off in this comedic crime-filled adventure i'm actually interested in this i used yeah. to watch a show Anyone- called hustle and it has like a base on cons and stuff oh uh, that's cool this one's um if you grew up in the 90s or have okay. a have yeah, like a weird, yeah. If you're, yeah, mm. it, it does. A, it does have a very nineties rad I mean, the Nickelodeon uh-huh. feel. Which you know, the, the, the yeah, bum bag yeah. just looks like it's straight out of uh, Rugrats. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a shame that the nineties have taken all of the uh, world's resources of Radia. <laughs> we'll never get. We'll never be rad anymore. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm moving on from that. Um, <laughs> oh, there's a next one we got. In there too. Oh, that's cool. Garfield like Tiger Car. 
yeah, it's very uh, on the nose with, it, with its 90s. I love that. Um, so sorry, uh, Silt and the Big Con, they are both, they are both June 1st. Uh, moving on to June 2nd, we've got Card Shark by Devolver Digital. So Card Shark is an adventure game full of cunning, intrigue, and delectable deceits. Um, so uncover a mystery as you climb from local card parlors to the king's table. A word of advice, don't get caught. Your fellow gamblers do not take kindly to cheats. So this game essentially is you, I mean, you cheat at cards. It's, um set in mid 18th century France so leading up um, I'm not sure if you guys are history buffs or anything but uh, leading up to the events prior to the French Revolution um, so like you know 30 years prior to that so King Louis the 15th and All right. yeah rather than like the revolution happened with King Louis the 16th so with his father um, and yeah it's just it looks really cool I love the art style and the the general aesthetic, like that, it's kind of like watercolor painting, but yeah, yeah, almost like the thick outlines. It kind of reminds me of Tintin a little bit as well. Oh, I love Tintin. I love I, that. Is I I unironically adore that's Tintin. That's a throwback, I Tintin. Love, wow. Me, me too. I love Tintin. Jake, you and me both there. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I just I look at this and I'm like, yeah, this is this is my type of game for sure. So like your yeah, thought that also good. <laughs> so this kind of game, like you're you're um sifting through cards, you know, like you you know you got like the old hustler tricks, um, like is this your card? But you know, in terms of like you're playing poker or something, um, and you have to try and trick them, um, there's one screenshot where you're looking at someone's cards as you're pouring them wine as well um shuffling shuffling cards and trying to keep um the cards you want for who you want to deal it to there's some fencing apparently and dueling yeah pistol dueling so yeah i'm guessing that's like oh you got caught cheating i demand satisfaction yeah. <laughs> Challenge you to a duel. looks like a pistol shot like the swords look like the bullet shot The, what? Like the last one where it's actually the like the fencing, but it actually looks like um like a, they're dueling with guns, and it looks like a pistol shot from the actual sword. Like the oh, that's the oh it does line. a little bit, yeah, yeah, I see it. Especially as they both have their hand out. Yeah, I can see that. That's kind of cool. I I love that. Like looking at that screenshot though, look at the art style like mm. around the rocks and everything. Oh yeah, it looks gorgeous. <sighs> Yeah, I'm picking this up for sure. Uh, next one we've got is Soldiers. So that's Soldiers as S-O-U-L. Soldiers. While out fighting for the glory of their kingdom, you and your fellow soldiers are whisked away to Terra Gaia, a mystical land on the fringes of the afterlife. Your task is to locate the Guardian and move on to the next world. The hitch, you and your compatriots never actually die. So this one looks like a, I think it's a Metroidvania. And with some role-playing elements, apparently. But just a neat 2D platformer, I reckon. 2D action platformer. It's got, it, I only know this one because it's got a little bit of hype around it. Um, and it's by Plugin Digital, which are quite a notable publisher, indie publisher. And very much that SNES pixel art. They've style. called it Action really Adventure, nice. that's what they've called it. 
action adventure. Yeah, action adventure. Yeah, yeah, ac- yeah, action adventure. But like going by like some of the things yeah. that they're talking about in like the little blurb, it does seem more more leaning towards yeah. the Metroidvania ish. Mm. I suppose Dread won and- action adventure category in the Game Awards last year, so there's no real sort of, I yeah. suppose, defined category. I suppose with it. Yeah, that's it. it. Does look cool though. I think when, yeah, I really like the look of it, and yeah. I think when they put role playing in the genre. I think it's more about like maybe you have like a skill tree and like upgradable skill tree or something. Um, and maybe there's like yeah, cho- yeah. and like chosen dialogue paths. I mean, I like the themes of it. Yeah. Yeah, it does look cool. Yeah. It's a dragon. Durgans. <laughs> and a I Pegasus. Like a Durgan. Ooh. I really do like this uh the screenshot of like the snowy area. It looks nice. That isn't looks it? really nice. Yeah. Is that a knoll? You would know, D and D nerd. You also play Warcraft and <laughs> Tisnols. Yeah, but they don't look like the gnolls that you know. <laughs> kind of. What does that even mean? <laughs> I mean, Warcraft just um, took the same name Warcraft, and changed. Yeah, the Warcraft st- takes liberties with fantasy tribes. Okay. I'm gonna move on from that. Like, <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, <laughs> thank you for stopping me before I went into a spiel. <laughs> Um, last one on this one, June 2nd, is Behind the Frame, the finest scenery. So Behind the Frame is a vivid, interactive fiction about an aspiring artist on the cusp of finishing the final piece of her gallery submission. A relaxing, eloquent experience that can be played at any pace. Become immersed in a, in a panoramic world filled with resplendent colours, beautiful hand-animated visuals, and a smooth, easy-listening soundtrack. This this is the game I was telling you guys about that I played on the Steam demo and I couldn't play it because I'm colorblind. Ah, uh, uh, right. That makes so sense. Is yeah, there like it was gameplay like to it. There is okay, gameplay. Yeah, so I you can't actually, tell by the images. Mm. Well, a, a lot of it you are painting, so it's very much a it's very much a relaxing kind of you know follow the story, paint a photo, like you unpacking. Know, uh, yeah, oh, unpacking had a bit more puzzle elements to it because you had to, you know, specifically place things. Yeah. Whereas this is kind of like just follow the, you know, follow the follow art. the colours which you can't see. <laughs> exactly. I can see them, I just don't know what they are. Exactly. So you just probably like... <laughs> it's so hard. Blue flowers. It's so hard to explain colour blindness. It's it's so funny when it's people ask me about it. Ray, it. It's really not, but <laughs> I know in some cases it is. In some, it, yeah, some cases, it yeah, is, yeah. In in rare um, circumstances, yeah, people only see yeah black and white and grayscale. Uh, I am not like that. Um, I can I can see colors. I just get them mixed up. Anywho, this is a game perfect for you if you like art or can see colors. Um, you know, in a I don't even know what I'm saying. I'm just rambling. In a, in a standard <laughs> colour perception. Yeah. That's it. I love the art style as well. It actually, It's actually disappointing that I can't play this game because it does look quite pretty. It's got, as well, like, it's just very relaxing. It looks like it's just, it's super chill. Yeah. But, 
that's all for the indie roundup we'll move on now to the patreon question well we've actually patreon questions we have two this time uh one is from twitter but the other one um we had to do we definitely had to do the other one um because uh from our patron matthew sandstrom um so for just one dollar per month you can get our podcast two to three days early and as well you can ask us questions and it will take priority in this segment um, so we'll start off with Matthew's question. Do you think Nintendo will have a direct to replace E3? And if so, what would you like to see? Um, Josh, do you want to start us off seeing as you're our guest? Yeah, um, I definitely imagine they'll have something um, next month just to sort of showcase the rest of their 2022. Um, especially if there is going to be a holiday title. Um, I feel we've got what titles up to September now with the... Uh, uh, Splatoon 3, but then after that, um, don't really know if there'll be anything else. I know that surely there will be. And so... Don't forget Pokemon. That's right. They've got Pokemon, yeah. which, yeah, always November, usually. So, um, yeah, they'll have something. Uh, whether, you know, they space it out to have a bit of breathing room compared to, like, when other companies are going to announce their things, we'll wait and see, I suppose. Um I expect, you know, stuff to be talked about, you know, with the, the NSO, what's coming next, um, and sort of a big sort of maybe announcement for next year, maybe. So definitely next month, I reckon. Um, maybe late June, I don't know. Just, uh, yeah, something different. Let all the others do their thing first. Has the state of play already happened, or? Like the PlayStation 1? I don't think so. No. Uh, no, that's in a couple of days, I believe. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's sometime this week so i saw like i i just saw the eb games like oh state of play sale i'm like okay so that's coming up <laughs> i didn't realize they announced anything yeah it was only like a day or two ago that they announced it so yeah okay so it should have been live by the time this goes live probably um anyways yeah so i mean i would i would hope to see uh, a new trailer for Breath of the Wild 2 mm. at this because you normally have them at E3. I mean, we had one all long ago. That was last E3. Wasn't there one not that long ago? The trailer? With the girl? Like, with the uh, metal arm? Yeah, that was last Ooh. E3. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that was almost a year ago. We was there any new content to How the... time flies. Yeah. Was there new content in the announcement the other month of the delay? Yeah, that's what I thought. Was there I new footage so. in that trailer? That's what I thought. Yeah. Oh, there were like little little yeah. tidbits. There were a couple of new new like uh new screenshots or like new mm. video like little bits, but nothing too concrete. Like I'm thinking cuz it's they're saying it's going to be early-ish like Q2 2023. So probably like March or April. So I'm thinking it's going to be usually usually when it's like nine months out you get another trailer because that was that big E3 trailer that we got in 2016 for Breath of the Wild. Yeah, from it was the 30th mm. of March trailer I was thinking of. Yeah, which is very very similar to the one that we got a couple of years back. So I wasn't crazy. So I'm thinking like a new. You weren't crazy, um, but like I'm just thinking more of a robust um, new trailer with like you know showing off some actual content like well you know what i mean like yeah. story bits or something do we get a name do you reckon potentially i know they've mentioned uh it it's it will reveal something pretty instrumental in the game so um 
it makes sense, wouldn't it, to have it at the ETH, or at, you know, I know it's ETH, not E3, but around this time, everyone's, you know, going to be comparing it to an E3, and everyone's got these yeah. big announcements, and so this is Nintendo's big one, if they don't reveal another Mario, I feel, so, hmm. yeah, and maybe it's a, a release date, potentially. It's been a few months since that delay announcement, so maybe that's enough time for them to work it out. Maybe. Essentially, yeah. But yeah, um, Nathan, Jake, would you want to see anything? Uh, Advance Wars come out. Ah, uh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, more stuff from Bayonetta 3. Yeah. Probably uh, might see like the next, uh, you know, track pack for the uh, Mario Kart 8 DLC. Mm. That's also a very good point, yeah. Yeah, that should be yeah. coming out. Yeah. Expect that. What else? Pikmin though? 4. Maybe a little... Yeah. Pie in the, yeah, Pie in the Sky. I was just about to say Pikmin 4. Yep. i got to say it every year. <laughs> Fully not expecting it. Yeah, maybe a little bit of... Yeah, maybe a little bit of uh, I, more details in Splatoon 3. I was going to say, I expect yeah. Splatoon 3 stuff. Yeah. yeah. They'd, they'd highlight that for sure, I because reckon. Because that's coming out, even though they pushed it back. So do you guys all reckon that there is going to be one in June? Yeah. Mm. Everything. Yeah. Oh yeah, one hundred. They were. They probably were had all this stuff prepped, like somewhat ready to go, and then it got cancelled. And they're like, "Oh, we may as well keep going with it." Most likely, I feel like this is the season, you know, for these kind of announcements as well. And there's a reason why Nintendo keeps doing it, even even when there's no E3. Yeah. I mean, they did so, it last year as well. So. Exactly. Mm. So yeah, I could see that happening. Maybe late June though, like to avoid all the. All the craziness, but you know, you know, with Nintendo Directs, they announce it like two days before it's actually happening. Mm. Yeah, yeah. They got a big month in June with the the Strikers and then uh, Three Hopes, so it's a decent month for them release wise. So I don't know if they try yeah. and do it in between, or they probably try not to do things too close to those release dates. So um, yeah, maybe middle of June now. I'm thinking, I'm not sure. Yeah, that's a that's a good way to think about it, actually. I reckon you're onto something mm. there. Isn't that always middle of June? It's usually early June. Early like June, normally like yeah. Because that's when E3 is like around the 8th to the 10th. Like early yeah. mid. Um, and the other question from old Nintendo Gamer and Son, a very uh, a regular um, for our questions. We really appreciate that. Uh, Mario Strikers is two weeks away. Hope you all Aussies... Hope all you Aussies are feeling the hype for a footy game. It's not really a footy game, but okay. It's... it's- Technically, that's what you call football. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, it's a football game. Uh, if you create a Switchaboo Strikers team, what will the team name be? And will you play against the might of the old Nintendo Gamer and Sons team? Still haven't decided that name yet. Uh, game on. Is that a challenge? Game on. <laughs> For the second one, do we know where they're from? Is it UK? I feel like it's UK. I believe they're from the UK. If they're calling it old, uh, if they're calling it yeah. footy. Yeah, true. Yeah, if they're calling soccer footy, then yeah, it's probably in the UK. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. That means it's not Australia or the US, I feel. <laughs> it's game on everywhere else. Anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd definitely say game on to that one, for sure. Um, but So what would the team name be? Strikerboo. Strikerboo. <laughs> That's so good. That's, That's so good. actually really good. I like it. Oh, it is so obvious. Come it on. is <laughs> <laughs> it's very obvious now that I think about it, but yeah, Striker Boo. Yeah, that's it. That's our from team UK. name. Their, their Twitter handle is Londragon UK. Ah, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Thoughts yeah. are. Yeah, Striker Boo has to be the name. 
Yep. Like, <laughs> has to be. That's perfect. So, Josh, strike, uh, Strikevania? Strike... <laughs> Strikevania would work, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, I'll have to think of something as well. I'll just add some uh, a brainstorming session to come up with a name. But, yeah, this is good. We're getting a few people... Um, in, in on this let, let's get some teams going some leagues happening and it'll be great play yeah, this great. uh this f- footy game and an indie nintendo um like review competition do you know you guys nintendo review yeah oh, yeah yeah like a press yeah press team love it no, no i mean like we, it's a competition against all the you know old nintendo gamers switchaboo nintendania like in brackets and stuff oh i like that that's what i mean we got some ideas going. I like this. Yeah. <laughs> 4chan cut, but for Nintendo interview, like Nintendo indie guys. Yeah. Josh, we can get um, House of Mario. Yes, he's he's very keen as well. as well. Uh, Drew and Bryce, I think they're uh, going to be getting a league sorted as well with their Discord. So, um, yeah, there's a few teams there. We can get everyone together. Yeah. I'm going to have to get my internet working properly. <laughs> yeah, that's a start. I have to make sure yeah, that's that stable. Sorted. Yeah. <laughs> We'll have a handicap because we're Australian. Because, you know, we're not very good. Ah, because they're. Yeah, fair. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a very good point. Um, any, any final thoughts on any of those questions? I just want Advance Wars already. I guess that's my final thoughts. <laughs> I, I Can they release it this year, though? I just feel like. I don't know. I, I, I get the delay back in April because it was very sensitive at the time, but. Yeah, is it literally yeah. because, like, December this year, it's not as delicate anymore and they just release it? Is that what they're waiting for? I don't know, because mm. the, the the war in Ukraine isn't ending anytime soon by the looks of it, sadly. No. So, um, yeah, mm. so they're just sitting on this game. And if it got released December last year when it was planned to, it would have uh, avoided all this. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think they kind of went back to the... Like, do you think they continue working on it? Because you know, a lot of a lot of games, you know, they release, but they're you know maybe a bit buggy or um, I mean, maybe they you might know, could be use polishing polish. it up a little bit. Like they might be having basically um, maintenance mode team, yeah, where it's just you know polishing it up, doing the little bits, but like the main force of the team has moved on to something else. Yeah, you'd hope you'd hope once we once we do receive it, you you're gonna want it to be fully polished. Yeah, yeah. Very unfortunate um, with this time. This series has been very unfortunate. Uh, 20 years ago with September 11 as well. Um, delays from that. It has had no luck. Yeah, very unlucky. Yep. I've, I really feel for it, actually. Now. Mm. It's a great game. Like I've, I have since downloaded it on my Wii U and um, the original and, and had a really good time. So I'm just even more keen to, to play it on the Switch when it does come out. Mm. I'm tempted as well to do that, but I rec- I'll hold out, I reckon. You know, until I actually get you know the the remake because I've ne- I've never played Advance Wars, mm. so but you know I've heard nothing but good things about it. Mm. So, but I will I will wait for the remakes. I reckon from me. Oh, fair, fair. But that means we're moving on to everyone's favorite part of the podcast. Name that game. And so if you've never heard of Name That Game or like Josh, you've never played Name That Game, uh, we'll go through the rules. So essentially, I have a game. You guys have to try to guess it. You have five guesses to do so. Um, you have two guesses before question uh, between hints one and five, two before hints six and nine, and one final guess after the final hint. Um, you also have two, well, 
Normally you have two lifelines, but I didn't get a switchaboo lifeline this time. Surprise, surprise. And I also couldn't think of one off the top of my head. So I'm now giving you guys three yes or no questions. That's very generous of me. And also you can swap those. You can use those yes or no questions as additional answers as well. Additional guesses. Alex, I've got a lot of uh, platinum points on my Nintendo account. Does that count for anything? Can I redeem that here? <laughs> that? No. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. I'll keep buying tote bags off the my Nintendo store then. That's uh... Yeah, those platinum points are building up fast now. <laughs> <laughs> it used to take well, <laughs> so long to build them up to get stuff. It's like, oh, hey, you get like, you know, 200 a week. You get I know. <laughs> so many. <laughs> nice try. Um,. So let's jump into it. So, hit number one. This game launched on Nintendo Switch in August 2019. It is an action game. The Switch version has an 87 on Metacritic. It was announced in the February 2019 Nintendo Direct. And it was nominated for Best Action Game at the 2019 Game Awards. Hmm. What came out in 2019? Action game. So you said, yeah, you said Switch version got, you know, whatever points. So if there's more than just the Switch port. What was the score you said it got? 87. On Metacritic? Yeah. And never said that, Jake. Uh, Just. uh, I'm just trying to take clues from, like, how you say (laughs) things. We've learned to read into what you say. Uh-huh. Yes. I think you think you know what it is, Josh? I think I do. <laughs> How does this work? What if I guess it, get it get it wrong? Uh, we still have uh, another guess. Yeah, you have five guesses in total. So I can go for it now, if that's alright? Yeah, that... yeah. Yeah, go is for it. Is it Astral Chain? He's got it. That's what I was going to say. Damn. There you go. I completely forgot that. <laughs> Talk about beginner's luck. Wow. <laughs> we... And this, this is what I mean. It's hard, it's hard to judge difficulty sometimes because, like, sometimes you get it in the first guess, sometimes <laughs> you don't get it at all. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it was so. All of those. Uh, the developer wants this series to be a trilogy. It's set in the year twenty seventy eight. So far, this is the only game of its IP. The music was written and produced by Satoshi Igarashi, and it is published but not developed by Nintendo. I see you avoiding saying platinum games at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that would have made it too easy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, what else has platinum games released on Switch? Bayonetta. Wonderful 101. Yeah, but, uh, well, they re-released yeah. Bayonetta 102. One yeah. yeah. And Bayonetta 3 eventually. Eventually, yeah. But I can't really think of anything else that they've done with the it. Switch. Yeah. Because, I mean, Star Fox Zero, they they worked on that, but that was Wii U, obviously. Because yep. that was the other thing that they did with Nintendo. Was the Switch out when they did some of the, like, tie-in games, like Transformers Devastation? Or, no, it wouldn't have been that. That was, like, 2015. No. Yeah. But what about the Legend of Korra? The I Ninja forgot Turtles about that. They yeah, they, did, they didn't come to Switch. Yeah. I think they were only PlayStation. Oh, I mean, the Legend of Korra one, I think, was only PlayStation. Yeah. Maybe like PC and PlayStation or something. 
I hear the Ninja Turtles game was actually pretty bad. Yeah, I heard that. And the Legend of Korra game yeah, was also pretty bad. I think their tie-in games aren't great. Well, I, I've played the Korra game. It is, like, it, like, it does play, like, a Platinum game. So, like, gameplay-wise, it's still good. Mm. But, like, they clearly didn't get the budget from, like, yeah, Nickelodeon. which sounds about right. So they had to skimp on, like, level design and combat encounters and stuff. Yeah, they did near as well, didn't they? Like, yeah, from They so did near as well, didn't they? Um uh, near. I be- yeah, they they uh they did near or Okay, more. yeah. Mm. No. The original yeah. near. Oh. I think they did help out with the port of like near replicant version one point whatever amount of numbers that they called it. They called it something dumb, like <laughs> Version one point two nine eight three. Ah, oh, that's whatever. right. <laughs> Something oh, like that. That was weird. <laughs> that was very strange. Knowing Yoko Taro, it's super important to the plot. <laughs> Unless it's the card game. Amazing. Uh but yeah, very good guess. <laughs> uh, first guess there, Josh. Thank you. That was a great game. I, I um. Yeah, love love playing that on the Switch. Three years ago now, nearly. Wow. So, um, yeah, yeah, definitely keen for the next two. I didn't know they, they wanted to make it a trilogy. I thought, um, I knew Nintendo bought out the rights fully, I believe, and so I thought, okay, there's gonna be more coming. Um, that's mm-hmm. that's awesome to hear. So, yeah, more of that would be great. Yeah, that I I completely forgot about that, but mm. you are right. They did buy the IP, mm. Astral Chain. So you would think that you know more games are coming and yeah there was an interview because i just remember that interview saying that they want it to be a trilogy yeah yeah well i i hope they uh end up making that trilogy because uh platinum recently have been stating uh stating that's like wow it'd be really cool if someone bought us out because <laughs> uh we can't afford to make these games anymore yeah and that's and that's getting a bit concerning mm. like you yeah. i mean i i hope nintendo buys them out but yeah yeah, hopefully. We'll see how that goes. They've been Nintendo... working pretty closely with them. Yeah, but you know how you know Nintendo's history with buying companies. Rare. <laughs> yeah, they're they're a weird one because they have a lot of like I think they've worked with uh, uh, Square before on some other games, haven't they? And they've got a bit of you know, you know, Square aren't just going to make games for the Switch, are they? So I just feel like Nintendo might, but probably wouldn't. I don't know. Just feels yeah. like yeah. One I mean, they have made a from. couple just games for the Switch. Yeah, just Bayonetta and Astral Chain. Yeah. Oh, they Sweet. did. Um, one wonderful one hundred and one was Wii U, yeah. but then that went to PC and PlayStation after that. Mm. Later on, yeah. Um, remember there was Scalebound that didn't was going to be Xbox exclusive. Uh, that that game was going to be the only reason I brought myself an Xbox One, and it never happened. <laughs> and now you have it for an Xbox Game Pass. <laughs> <laughs> one of us. Um, but yeah, that tie- that ties everything together. That is episode 35 of the Switch Me podcast. Um, Josh, where can people find you and listen to your podcast? Well, yeah, thank you for having me on, um, firstly. I really love being on today. Um, so yeah, Nintendovania is just like this. It's every fortnight. Um, I have a special guest on. We'll talk about all everything that's happened in Nintendo the last couple of weeks. We'll talk about random things in between. Um, I'm on Spotify, 
uh, Apple Podcasts, the Google one as well, um, everything that's got a decent sort of a, a podcast platform, I believe I'm on. Um, yeah, just Nintendvania, all in the word. Um, keep an eye out for the next episode. I talked to uh, Mike Towns from Game Boy Games, who does a lot of work with GB Studio. So that's making games for the Game Boy, and you can sort of publish them onto a cartridge and, and sort of uh, go back to the days of old um, on the Game Boy. So, um, yeah, thanks again for having me on. Thanks for, thanks for coming on. It was it was a pleasure. And yeah, I'll, I mean, I love the old Game Boy, so I'll definitely be checking out that episode. Um, if you want to continue following us listeners as well, there's always, you know, Facebook, Twitter, at Switchaboo News. Uh, you've got, you know, Instagram. We also have a Discord, which you can join and chat with us there. So that is pinned to the top of our Twitter page. There's also our Patreon, where for just $1 a month, you can get our podcast two to three days early. And of course, we're on YouTube as well. So youtube.com slash switchaboo and switchaboo joy place. But thank you everyone for joining and remember to have fun. We'll see you next time. Bye. Ciao.